As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply what the internet does is tells us there's only one right answer here. And if you're not all entrepreneur or you're not all mom, there's something wrong with this. Mm -hmm. And I invite us to think that there are a million different ways to be a great parent. And there are a million ways to be an entrepreneur. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Ladies, today on the show, I have an amazing businesswoman. Now, I don't typically have a ton of business-focused episodes on the podcast, but every once in a while, I stumble across someone who I feel like I can probably really relate to, and Lindsay Teague Moreno is one of those ladies. Now, I might not completely relate to her incredible business success, at least not yet, but I really could resonate with a lot of her views on motherhood that I have realized about myself in the past two years and have been incredibly freeing for me to to be able to embrace. I feel that they've made me a better mother to be able to recognize some of these things about my God-given abilities and talents and where I have strengths with my kids and where I don't necessarily. And this book, within the first couple of pages, I was just going, amen, amen. Yes, I feel that same way too. Oh, somebody else gets it. And then plus, she has been super successful and she has a lot of tips for those of us who are trying to do more or needing to help support our families or, you know, even if you just need to have that side hustle or whatever, I think she's got some amazing tips in her brand new book, Boss Up. So I'm really looking forward to you being able to hear our conversation about all of that today. But first, if you, you know, just like really love the podcast and you would love to get it a little bit earlier in the week and maybe without ads, then I suggest you come over and join us in Patreon. We've got a whole bunch of different levels over there for you to join and get the things that you want to be able to access. Everything from a $3 level that gets you into our Facebook group where you will have access to all of the live episodes that we do, including the weekly live episode I do on 
kind of the behind the scenes of actually putting together that podcast episode, what it was like for me to interview that person, my personal thoughts on the topic. You get to be privy to that just for $3 a month. You get them every single week. But we also have levels, like I mentioned, where you can get the podcast early and without ads every week, which is a pretty fun perk. So if you would like to join us over there, just go to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely and we would love to have you be a part of our tribe. But without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Lindsay Teague Moreno. Welcome, Lindsay. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here because as I kind of mentioned to you before the show started, the topic we're going to be discussing today is not one that I typically have on this show, but I think it is really important to kind of go here, especially with what my life has been and my listeners know my life has been for the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love what you have to say. You've created such a practical tool with your new book, Boss Up. And so I'm really excited to go over it today. Thank you. Me too. I'm super pumped. Yeah. Oh, I bet you are. Cause this is a book that will pump you up. <laughs> good. I'm so glad. Yes. That's yeah. exactly what it's supposed to be. Oh, good. So, but before we get started, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Hey everybody. I'm Lindsay Teague Moreno. I am a wearer of many hats. <laughs> uh, I'm a mom to three girls. I am an entrepreneur, a podcaster, speaker, author, and influencer. I really run my business around trying to make sure that I'm creating tools, encouraging, helping, and just being in the mess with uh, female entrepreneurs, women who have a desire for something more, who love their kids, but mm -hmm. know that that's not necessarily their calling. Um, I love my kids and I thought they'd be my calling, but as it was about, I would say, I don't know, not, not long, probably into that first night, uh, when they hand me those babies and they were at home that I was like, yeah, no, this is, <laughs> this is not taking the place of everything I thought that it would. And I still have a desire to do things in my heart and not just take care of these babies. And so really that's who I'm here to serve is people who have a desire for more and a aren't sure how to get there or B don't have the support to get there. Um, I'm here to be those things for women that don't have that. I love that. And I feel, I just, I love that you're bold enough to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and because I think that especially, you know, I, I feel like I'm treading on like, you know, <laughs> you have to be careful. <laughs> I know, I know that a lot of my listeners are homeschool moms. They're stay at home moms. They yeah. are, they are moms who are, they are doing that thing. I yes. was there, you know, yeah. I, I have so been there. But I have also experienced so much freedom in the past year and a half of breaking away from that and a lot of ways having to break away from that where I didn't really have much choice but to step up and press into my business. But now looking back, mm -hmm. I, I'm able to say, oh, I, I'm a better mom now. Yep. I am happier now. Yep. I feel more fulfilled. And I feel like those are like bad words to say. Yeah. Like you're not <laughs> supposed to say you feel more fulfilled yep. by doing something other than, I, I hate to say just being a mom because it's yes. not just being a mom. When you're a home, homeschooling sure. was like the hardest thing <laughs> I've ever done. You know? It is ridiculous. By far, it was so hard. And I know 
so many amazing homeschool moms and they love it and they're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, totally. We had so many struggles and, you know, learning disabilities and, you know, all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing that being able to just be my kid's mom now is, has been so great for our relationships. And, and I'm not saying, Hey, everybody who's homeschooling, quit homeschooling and (laughs) go get a job. That's not what I'm saying at all. I feel like your book gives moms the freedom to say, what is right for me? Yes, absolutely. And it's not, it's not that one is wrong and the other's not. There are a lot of women who are created to be mothers and couldn't wait to be mothers. And they got those babies and it was everything they wanted. They pour their lives into making sure their kids are, you know, great human beings when they leave their house. And I, I bow down to those women. Yeah. Uh, That's not who God created me to be. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that what, what the internet does is tells us there's only one right answer here. And if you're not all, you know, all entrepreneur or you're not all mom, there's something wrong with this. Mm -hmm. And I invite us to think that there are a million different ways to be a great parent. And there are a million ways to be an entrepreneur and that you can do both at the same time. You have to do whatever's in your heart to do. Um, I think that desire was put there on purpose Um, not because it's trying to torture you every single day. It was put there because it's something that you should explore. And if it's in your heart to do so, I'm here for that. But if it's not, I'm not judging that. I am looking up to that. I look up to the women who love what they do. They serve their families so well. They do homeschool. They do all that stuff um, and are able to remain happy at the end of the day. That's just not my story. And it's not most of the women that I meet. So I found that there was a need for these women. Like, where do they go? What do they do? How can they step out of this secret shame in quote, quote, Yeah. Uh, how do they step out of that and live a life that's fulfilling to them so that we don't have this epidemic of women, um, you know, getting to this place where their kids are getting ready to leave their house and they don't remember who they are anymore. Yeah. They don't, love their spouse anymore. They have to reconnect with them. I think that's why we see so many divorces around this time. You know, kids go off to college, parents get divorced, right? We finally made it. And that's not what I want. I want us to have the kind of life where our family knows us inside and out because we've been honest with them about what we want and who we are. And we've placed our needs and desires on the same level as our family. I see Mm -hmm. so many women take the needs of their family and place it above their own. And Mm -hmm. while that's great service and that's, it's good for your kids to be served in that way. I don't necessarily think that it's best for my kids to feel that I want them to see me go after what I want to know me inside and out. That way, when they leave to go to college, they've had a good example that they can do anything that they want to. Mm -hmm. And they know that I was satisfied in my life while I was mothering them. I got to do what I wanted to do too. And I think that matters. Yeah. I think it makes a difference to your mothering. I mean, I I know for years, and I've talked about this group of ladies before, but I have this tight-knit group of friends and there's Mm -hmm. five of us. Mm -hmm. And do you know anything about the Enneagram? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I know a lot about the Enneagram. Yeah. Okay. So they're all twos and I'm a three. (laughs) So I'm the one three in this sea of helpers and they are those moms. They are those moms who love it. They are naturally just sweet 
people. Uh-huh. They love the baby years and the yep. toddler years and yep. teaching their kids to read. And I <laughs> was that mom that was like, oh my gosh, if I have to listen to one more word, yeah. sound it out. Like when you, the first two pages of your book, I literally wrote, did I write this? Like <laughs> you said, like, I just enjoy my older kids because we have conversations. And yes. Like, yes. That's yeah. my favorite. Like, I love that part of parenting. Yeah. And it wasn't that I was, I did fine. I was, I was a good mom to my kids when they were babies. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't my favorite thing ever. Like, totally. I was, I, as much as everybody says like, oh, cherish it. Yeah. Like, I, I like, like to, please. yeah, <laughs> I know. I like, I like to remember my babies, but I'm so glad that's over. Yes. Like, I was just like, let's get on to the next stage here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always the cherish all the years when your kid is having a complete freaking right. meltdown in Target as you're trying to check out and yeah. they're like, oh, love every moment. And I just want to like punch them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. What are you saying? No, I am not enjoying this moment. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> yes. I know that's more when I have gotten to that point where I'm like throwing gang signs to those moms <laughs> in the target. Like, girl, I'm yes. in there. Oh, that's the fight is real. I keep going. Entire bottle of wine out of my purse and start tugging <laughs> it right from the bottle. <laughs> Just hand it to her. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, but I I love that you give that freedom in this book because I think like all those years where I would look at my friends and say like, why are they just so good at this? It's like they were just born with the mothering gene mm-hmm. in them. And yeah. I it was much more of a struggle for me to try to fit that mold. Yep, and totally. Yeah. And now that I, I mean, I just posted on Instagram last night, like as much of a struggle as this has been for the past, you know, 21 months by the time this interview goes out, I am the thing that I end up clinging to because there are so many things that I can't control in my personal life is my work. Yeah, I love what I do. And it's, slow growing. It's not like an overnight success. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working it. It is work, but I love what I do and I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful that in all the rest of the chaos, I have things I can plan and I can work on that show progress. And that's, that's a serious sense of validation for me. Totally. I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. Yeah. (laughs) So for all you moms out there who, you know, might be struggling. Those of you who aren't, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. But if you are, then Lindsay has some amazing advice in her new book called Boss Up. This ain't your mama's business book is the tagline. And you go, I mean, you start out the book from that mothering side of things. Like mm-hmm. girls just get, it's okay. Like, yep. It's okay. It's all okay. No yeah. matter what it is, you're doing it right. They're going to go to therapy anyway. It's all okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there you move into like real business advice. And I think you do such a good job of having it build on itself throughout awesome. the book of all the different steps. I mean, you go in depth, but it has workbook aspects of it yep. even of helping you figure out, you know, your passions versus your hobbies, which I yep. thought was a really good distinction yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I've gotten sucked into trying to make my hobbies into businesses a number work. of times. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Many times. So yeah. and that can work. It just yeah. doesn't always work. 
Yeah. And you can get, you can tire of it. Yep. Easier. Yeah. Ladies, one of the things that Cultivating the Lovely is going to be talking a lot about during the month of August is what we can be doing to plan and prep for the school year so that when it gets going, we aren't completely overwhelmed. And the number one thing I think that any of us can do to save our sanity is plan our meals. And the number one way that I suggest you do that is with Plan to Eat. I've been using Plan to Eat for a little over five years now, and it has been such a lifesaver. Well, let me tell you a little bit about it if you haven't heard already. Plan to Eat is a family-run company that was developed by a husband who saw the actual needs that his wife had for a meal planning software. And he knew his wife needed a tool to help prepare those delicious, wholesome meals that nourish both the body and the soul. So Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website. You use your own recipes that you already know and love and fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you create a meal plan around your actual schedule. You just drag and drop the recipes onto the schedule. It's so simple. And then the software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan that you can access from your app so you're never forgetting your shopping list ever again. And you can even duplicate all of that planning you've done onto other weeks by creating menus so you have saved yourself so much work in the future. And Plan to Eat has a wonderful full-time support team that is available to help you get started with an account and answer any questions that you have. Plan to Eat is a subscription service that offers monthly and yearly options for $4.95 a month and $39 a year. That's only 75 cents a week. And they usually include a free 30-day trial with no payment required so you can easily see if it's right for you. But for Cultivating the Lovely listeners, they go a step beyond that. If you go to plantoeat.com slash lovely, you can turn that 30-day trial into a 60-day trial. That's two whole months. So if you started planning your meals now, you could get through the entire first month of school in September and have everything done and really be able to sink your teeth into this planning website. You guys, I know you're going to love it and it's going to be such a lifesaver. So go to plantoeat.com slash lovely for your 60-day free trial today. So before we go there, though, would you just share a little bit about your business story? Sure, sure. So uh, listen, when I was a little kid, I talk about, I can distinctly remember walking through the grocery store with my mom and trying to figure out what I was going to be one day. I knew I wanted to own a company one day, which was odd for a girl (laughs) about the age of 10. Uh, I say in the book that that doesn't exactly win, fl- win friends and influence people who were in, in elementary school to say, you know, all the girls are like, I want to be a ballerina. I'm going to be an astronaut. And you're like, I'm going to own a company, right? <laughs> They're like, okay, that's weird. So I just kind of kept that inside most of the time when I was growing up, but I would always kind of search through the aisles whenever we were shopping. What am I going to, what am I going to own? What am I going to invent? I want to own something that everybody needs. I remember thinking I can maximize profits. The money that I make will be higher if I can find a product that everybody needs to create. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were walking down the toilet paper aisle and sure enough, I was like, everybody needs toilet paper. I'm going to own a toilet paper company. And that was kind of the start. Um, You know, eventually I figured out that, you know, just not one company owns all the toilet paper and that's not really how business works. Um, And I kind of switched back and forth on what I wanted to do. You know, I started dreaming up products that I could create like socks that would go on your hands or your feet, right? Like (laughs) who wouldn't want that? Right. Uh, And as I grew up, like, you know, I was an oldest, typical oldest child. My mom was like, oh, you're going to go to college. And there's not really a, you know, we're not gonna have a discussion about that. So that was just something that I did. I went to college, went to Arizona state, 
and I grew up in Arizona. And then after college, you know, I got a business degree because my mom was like, that's really what I want. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. first children do what their moms want. So I got a business and communications degree. And then she wanted me to go and sell pharmaceuticals. And I really, really wanted to work for a small business. I, I just, small businesses were just calling my name at the time. And so I begged her to let her, let me come and work for her. She was a real estate agent, a pretty successful real estate agent in Arizona. And she basically in, mentored me for about a year and a half, two years when I worked for her. Um, and I started doing a lot of her marketing and I found that I enjoyed the time that I was taking photos of houses and, and helping people, um, you know, see what the potential of the house was and talking to customers. And uh, she taught me about like taxes and all of that kind of stuff at that yeah. time. And so as I started taking photos of her houses and stuff, I learned that I have a kind of natural knack for photography. And that kind of led me into scrapbooking of all things. <laughs> um, I was like the 23 year old nerd that was like super into scrapbooking at the time. Um, I loved it. It was just a way for me to get my hands messy and get creative at the same time. Awesome. And I started doing freelance scrapbooking. And so I left my mom's Who business. Knew and that I was, that like, was even a thing? <laughs> It's so, it's just the craziest thing. But yeah, so freelance scrapbooking is where you create a bunch of pages and then you ship them off to different publications. And then if they use them, they pay you. And if they use product that you represent a company for, the company pays you to use their product and then get it into nice. a magazine. So that was how I was making my money. It just wasn't steady. Yeah. And so as I was going through this big life change, I was breaking up with a long-term boyfriend, like my high school sweetheart, we were breaking up and I was like, you know, I need something that's really steady to bring me like steady income. Cause I'm an adult now. And my mom was like, Hey, anytime you want to start using that business degree, now's a great time. So <laughs> I was like, all right. So I went out and got a job at this fortune 1000 company in Arizona. It's a big company. And I really like busted my butt there to work up the chain. Um, I started as like a salesperson and then kind of started to move up the chain to management. And I managed my, my first team there. I learned how to manage people there. And then still entrepreneurship was calling me. So during that time, as soon as I got promoted, um, you know, I, I had this opportunity to photograph countertops and style them. And I immediately quit my job and took that one because that's where my heart was. It was yeah. calling me to do that. Um, in between that time I had met my husband, we got married, started having babies. They handed me two at one time at one point. <laughs> I was like, who decided this was a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was the girl who was like, okay, I'll have babies with you, but I only want to have one kid total. And my husband was like, great. I'm totally down with that. As long as we don't just have girls. And I'll have you know that I got twin, identical twin girls that first time. And then we ended up having another girl afterwards. So just be careful what you say you, yeah. <laughs> what you say you don't want, because God's going to laugh at you and then hand you exactly that. That's so, so and I love it. I love being a mom to them, but still I was working this corporate gig and I just, I just knew it was time to go. So, um, as soon as, as soon as my, uh, my photography business, or I was doing like, you know, on the side family photography stuff. And I just told Michael, I was like, I have to, I have to quit. I can't, this job is killing me. It's just boring me to tears. I had babies by that time. I was trying to work full time. I was doing my master's degree and he was like, yeah, great leave. And he totally supported me to quit my job and pursue, pursue photography. The problem was, is that we were moving every single year that wow. we were married for his career. 
really. We had agreed that we'd move until, you know, the kids needed to be at home, all that kind of stuff. So we did that and we moved and I would have to start my photography business in each new city where I didn't know anybody. But the thing was, is that it taught me so much about going out and drumming up business, how to meet people, getting in front of people, how to getting people to use your service, how to get people to refer you. When you don't have a group of friends in a place, you, you are forced to learn that stuff. And it was such a great lesson for me. I just had no idea that we were in all these places for my career and not my husband's at the time. Yeah. If you'd asked me then, I would have told you, oh, we're here because my husband got a promotion. Nope. We were there because I was meant to learn the lessons along the way to get me to this place. And even looking back, my husband will tell you the same thing. Oh no, I thought I was there for me. Nope. We were totally there for Lindsay. So um, I learned all these lessons in these new places and we were in Seattle. This essential oil business landed in my lap. Uh, I'm not your typical MLM person, which I talk a lot about in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still will tell you that, um, I'm six years deep in an MLM business. Um, <laughs> and I will still tell you that I'm, I'm most of the MLM business skeeves me out the way yeah. that people talk to their clients, the way that they try to convince them to use a product, the way that it becomes this cult like feel is not me. But I did see some opportunity in here because I fell in love with the product. And as soon as I started talking about it and what it was doing, essential oils are the bomb. And as soon as I started talking about that, people were like, oh, I would love my kid to take a nap today. Can you help me? Right. And it just kind of slid naturally into this thing where I accidentally got a paycheck a couple of times. And at one point that this accidental paycheck was about 750 bucks. And I remember we were doing Dave Ramsey envelopes at the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. This does not have to go in. Like, I don't have to take this money away from this envelope in order to do this over here. Right. I have $750 now to put in to what I want to spend it on. And uh, I remember that feeling was so fulfilling to me. I have number one contributed. I have done something that works. I have been able to alleviate stress off of my husband and one night I woke up in the middle of the night and it, to me, this was a total God moment. Um, I just was woken up in the middle of the night with this idea of what I needed to do. And I remember getting out of bed and pounding the idea out on my computer. My husband woke up and he was like, what are you doing? You know, like it's the middle of the night. I have to work tomorrow. And I was like, just like my hair was on fire for this yeah. thing. I knew exactly that I knew exactly what it was going to be like. And I think the most important thing was that I knew that on the other side of this thing, my husband could come and work with me. He would not have to work this wow. stressful job anymore and we would be millionaires. I just knew it. Wow. And so I continued that day forward knowing exactly that and making that a reality. So that business took off. Okay. So now in six years down the road, I've created about nine spin-off businesses from that one. Wow. And my original essential oil business will bring in over $300 million this year. There's 550,000 families in it because when I started, I decided not to do what everybody else was doing and instead create a place for the everyone else in this essential oils world. Uh, you know, I felt, I felt like the demographic of young moms who have a lot of things going on. They don't have time to be spending all their day on a single product. They have places to go, things to see, people to drop off, uh, you know, errands to run. We don't have time to be sitting on our computer all the time worried about this one product. So for me, it was about making it accessible for the people whom I serve, which is people like me. 
moms who have a lot of crap going on during the day. And so we did, we made it easy for them. We created a brand that was relatable to them um, within the, 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 you know, the umbrella brand of the, of the company we're representing. And we made the business easy to replicate. And as soon as I started teaching women business, I knew I had found my thing. As soon as I sat down and started one-on-one mentorships or group mentorships or giving people advice, I knew that this was going to be the thing that lit me up for my whole mm-hmm. life. I found it. And I was about 33 years old when I found it. Wow. And so it's not too late. If you're in your twenties and you're feeling like, I don't know, I got you girl. I didn't find out till I was 33 and it took a lot of failed business, a lot of not doing it right. Um, a lot of bouncing from job to job for me to find it. So encouragement it's coming. It's there for you. You're going to find it. You just need to keep leaning into what, what it is that you want to try and poking the box, pushing the button over and over again. So I did that, found it at 33, found out this is what I love. And so from there, my entire focus was on helping women grow businesses, not on helping them sell products, on helping them grow their businesses through what they love and doing what they want and getting the fulfillment that they want, not the fulfillment that I want, which is, a, I think, something that some leaders do which is try to fit other women into their box Mm -hmm. of this is what it should look like. No, no, no. I want you to create your own box. I'm just going to help you get there. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I found that I loved it. And that, that I think passion and desire to love these women and help them and be there at the expense of almost everything for a few years. I didn't do anything but work for a few years. And that's totally honest. I was a terrible mother. I let it all go to the side. I had great help from my husband um, and I couldn't have done it without him. So if you're a single mom, I don't expect this of you, but I was working hundred hour work weeks for wow. a little while there. Um, I actually had to go to counseling to get myself to scale it back a little bit uh, because I became addicted. I became addicted yeah. to my work and because it's my highest value, my highest priority, it's so easy. I would rather do that than parent. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how I was created. That's how I was made. And so if you feel that way, that's okay. Your problem will be shutting it off at the end of the night. So I went and got some counseling for that and did that. I was able to make business hours and all that kind of stuff. So I work a lot less hours now, but because of those years, I've got these great businesses that, that earn income from me while I sleep. And that's really, really what I wanted. Um, And so I've been able to create this business where my husband came home within a year. He works behind the scenes of my business. We do everything together and we make enough money to say yes to whatever we want to. Um, I could retire. I could have retired and not written this book, but that's not where my heart is. My heart is actually to help people. And that's what this business is born from. Ladies, we've got a brand new sponsor of the podcast this week, one that I'm super excited about because I am either always too hot or even more commonly too cold. Well, the Ember Wave is trying to solve that because temperature is personal. Everyone's ideas of comfortable are unique. Most public places heat or cool spaces aiming for a temperature that is comfortable for only about 80% of the population, leaving many people such as myself thermally underserved. Even in my own house, I don't want to be paying to keep it at the exact perfect temperature all the time. But not feeling thermally comfortable can contribute to lost productivity, increased stress levels, man, I don't need any more of those, and can be mentally exhausting. Although Emberwave is not a medical device for those with medical conditions related to temperature, Emberwave can help remedy bursts of temperature extremes or other uncomfortable sensations. Emberwave is there when you need relief most. What it basically is, is a bracelet 
bracelet that you wear on the inside of your wrist, you can control exactly what temperature it cycles in waves on on your wrist, which is an incredibly sensitive place for temperature. And you do that all through its amazing intuitive app. All you do is press to activate Ember Wave for a burst of heating or cooling. This sensation pairs with your body and mind to make you feel more comfortable in a matter of minutes. Ember Wave provides comfort in unpredictable climates, relief from stress, and support while you're sleeping, or in my case, helps me cool down while I am in my very hot studio this summer. And at the end of a long day, Ember Wave has a fall asleep mode that can help you maintain a comfortable temperature as you drift off to sleep. Some other places that you can use Ember Wave include your air-conditioned office, restaurants, airplanes, after a workout, malls, in the car, crowded public places, any place you could think of where you are just uncomfortable because of the temperature. Ember Wave was named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2018 and has been reviewed by a number of leading technical publications. And it was invented by three MIT scientists. So you can head to emberwave.com and save $50 with the code LOVELY at checkout. Again, get yourself comfortable and in the right temperature by going to emberwave.com for $50 off with the code LOVELY at checkout. Ladies, do you know what's in your deodorant? Most of you probably haven't checked. And if you look it up, you will be appalled because most deodorants we use every single day contain aluminum, parabens, and other harmful products that have been proven to link to cancer. Hug Me deodorant by Bloom is all natural, safe, and sustainable, and it works. Bloom cares about what we put into our bodies, and we should care too. You know, that's a big thing for me is what we are putting on our skin. So how does it work? The Hug Me Deodorant by Bloom, that's B-L-U-M-E, is made with probiotics. Isn't that brilliant? The probiotics encourage your body to make more good bacteria, and as a result, your body produces less bad bacteria, so BO doesn't exist. It lasts for 24 hours and doesn't have to be reapplied throughout the day. It's safe and sustainable. It doesn't have fragrances, aluminum, parabens, any of that. It's vegan and cruelty-free and leaves you with no smell, no sweat stains, and it doesn't just mask the odor. Plus, it's rated the best deodorant ever by the New York Post. And you can try Hug Me risk-free. There's a 30-day satisfaction guarantee or your money back. This product lives up to its hype. Just check out Bloom's website, meetbloom.com, to read verified five-star customer reviews. And Bloom is just a company that is doing great things by providing safe, sustainable products to women and girls who believe in the power of their choices. They have other great products too, including face wash, organic pads, tampons, and more. Hug Me by Bloom keeps you feeling good, feeling fresh, and super huggable. Right now, our listeners will get 25% off their first stick and free shipping when you text CULTIVATE to 797979. This is a special offer you can't get anywhere else, and you're supporting Cultivating the Lovely when you support our sponsors. So text CULTIVATE to 797979 to get 25% off your first stick of Hug Me deodorant. If you don't love it, return it for a full refund. No questions asked. Text C-U-L-T-I-V-A-T-E to 797979. Like you said, you woke up in the middle of the night, like God inspired you with this idea. If there are women listening to this right now and they're like, okay, myself, (laughs) I haven't, I haven't gotten that, the inspiration of how to make what I'm doing do what yours did to yes. have that difference to, yeah. you know, for you, you struck gold yep. for the rest of us yep. who are just like working it. Yep. What would be your like biggest advice? 
Okay. So for me, this is a mindset thing. I don't think it's so much that I was, you know, woken up in the middle of the night with this idea. I think it's more, I was woken up and I had the idea and I didn't let it pass me by. I woke up, I had the idea, and then I set my hair on fire to make it happen in the littlest amount of time as possible. So it wasn't like I was just walking through my day. No, no, no. I was sprinting through my day toward what I wanted. I named all the things that I wanted with this money. Like what was this money going to represent for us? And mm -hmm. I sat down with my husband and had a conversation about the things that we were going to do with it. We're going to pay our kids education. We decided, you know, at the beginning, we were going to give our kids a Christian education. And so for us, we were putting down on our list, Hey, we're going to pay for our kids education in full before the school starts, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to go on these vacations. These are the places that we want to go. These are the places in the world that we want to show the girls before, you know, before they're gone out of our house. These are the things that we want. These are the, this is where we want to give it away. And we were really clear about the things that we want. And, that, and if I have a goal in front of me, there's nothing that's going to stop me from getting that. There's no reason to write down your goals if you're not willing to run after them. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was willing to do that because when I was 30, my mom died of a massive heart attack out of nowhere. Wasn't expected. She was perfectly healthy. Actually, she was in the best shape of her life. Her wow. kids were gone. She had gotten in great shape. She'd lost a ton of weight. She looked amazing. She felt amazing. Worked out every single day, massive heart attack, dead wow. at 53 years old. <laughs> and when I was 30, I was scared to death because number one, I had just lost everyone that could tell me anything about parenting. And mm. I felt like a fish out of water already parenting. Uh, I don't have her to help me. And she was my best friend, like just gone out of my life. And at that moment, I kind of looked over my mom's life and I, I saw her die in debt. I saw her die with all of her some days on the table. And that to me looks like someday we're going to go whitewater rafting as a family. Someday I'm going to go see, go to Italy and drink the wine there. Someday mm -hmm. I'm going to go do this. Someday this is going to happen. And she died with all of her some days on the table. And I'm telling you, there is nothing that will make you feel like a life that you love had been wasted like that. Like okay. I am, I am part of the reason she didn't do all these things, right? She, I was depending on her and she took care of me at the expense of doing the things that she loved. And mm -hmm. I get a little bit emotional about this part because it is the catalyst for my business. It's the why. I did not want to die at 53 if my fate is the same as hers, having not lived my life. Yeah. I want my kids to look at me at 53 years old and go, hey, she may have only lived to 53, but there was a hundred years of living in those 53 years. She yeah. did all the things that she wanted to do. I can't think of a person that was more fulfilled than my mother with the life she created. And I'm happy to be a part of it. And so I set out to do just that. And I know that that costs money. And I knew that it was going to cost more than a hundred thousand, more than 500,000. It was going to cost more than a million. And I set the goals and then I ran intentionally toward it. For me, I think that the disconnect between women who have some, a side hustle, that their toe is kind of in the water, and the women who make millions is a mindset. Hmm. It's about deciding, this is what I want, nothing is going to stop me, and I will reiterate this thing until it works. So if it's only just a little bit growing, and it's not, satisf it's not satisfying to you, if you want more, you have to make the changes to give yourself that read the mm -hmm. books, be a part of the seminars, 
implement the advice that you're getting on podcasts. It's not just about listening. It's yeah. about listening and then putting it to work. You are made for this job, but you need to figure out how to make it work for you. And that's what Boss Up does. It's going to help you decide okay, this is what I love. This is what I'm good at. Here's how I can make a business out of it. And then create a plan to make that happen rather than hoping that if it's right, it will happen because the internet will sell you that garbage. Yeah. If it's right, it's just going to take off for you. That is BS. No, it is not. You have to make it happen. Um, and so that is what this book is really about. Yeah. And I, I think it does a good job of that. I mean, I love how you even walk through like like I said, the passions versus hobbies, but then mm -hmm. you talk about how skills are really a secondary yeah. component. Like yes. skills can be attained. So don't be basing what you're wanting to do off of the skills that you already have because you can get more skills. I you're thought right. that was a really good point. Right. And I love where you talk about being unapologetically yourself. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think this is really important, not only in like who you are, but also in, in what you're doing. I know that right now we're kind of going through a rebrand of Cultivating the Lovely to be launched at the end mm -hmm. of this summer. Congrats. And thank you. And I have so many exciting new ideas and things that I am going to be bringing to the table, but it is a shift. And yeah. it can be scary to be like, oh, this is, you know, different than... I mean, it's in the same vein, but also different than yeah. what I've done before. And you hope those people are going to hang with yeah. you as you yeah. do that rebrand. But I think if you force yourself to try to keep being someone that you're not, yep. then that, that will come through. Yes. So I guess I have a question because I hear both sides of the coin of like, know your audience and gear everything towards them. It's not about you. It's what they're looking for. Uh -huh. And then you hear also just be yourself. That's what people come for. You are the brand. Uh -huh. So what do you think of those two <laughs> sides? Okay. So I think you can have both. I think it okay. is important. So in the branding, there's part of the book where I talk about branding, where I talk yeah. about being brand consistent. And I talk about um, in the very first philosophy, figuring out who your target market is. None of that has to be outside of who you are, but it can be, okay? Mm -hmm. So you can still um, be authentically yourself while talking to an audience that's not necessarily in your demographic, okay? So okay. I tell a lot of women, hey, you need to be this big sister figure. Like we, we young moms are looking for you. We need the real advice from you. We young entrepreneurs are looking for you to give us the real good advice, right? So there's, there's an opportunity for you to help the people that are coming after you, the generation after, after you. Um, but there's also an opportunity to just help the people who you want to serve, who you desire to serve. That's what I do. I just serve the person who's like me, right? And as I get older, those needs change. And so does the way that I'm catering my business, right? Because I know better now. I know what yeah. people of moms of 10 year olds are going through now because I'm going through that. I know what it feels like to have your kids start to go through puberty, right? And have, yeah. have that freak out and I don't know how to deal with this. And then you just do it. So there's a way to do both. Like it is important to know your audience and to gear everything towards your audience. If you are in a position to sell something to someone or your product is here to meet a need, which it should be, um, your product should always meet a need, you should keep your customer in mind. But the way that you speak, the way that your brand comes across and who you are in your brand and what you choose to put out for your brand should be consistent. Mm -hmm. um, what I see a lot is women pretending 
I find this, especially in the health and wellness industry. If you see, you know, Mm. they pretend they really only eat these foods all the time. They really only, you know, they only take these supplements all the time. And this is solely responsible for the way they look, the way they feel, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can do that, but it's probably not honest. And then what happens is every time you go to work, you have to pretend to be that version of yourself that's not real. And I invite women to say, hey, I do this and that. (laughs) I am concerned with my kids' health and wellness. And sometimes it's time for a happy meal at the end of the day because I just don't have the energy to do anything else. So eat your food and be happy, (laughs) right? Uh, Like I'm just not that person that thinks it has to be all or nothing. I think that you can genuinely share your wins and your losses. And I believe it's actually the imperfections that connects us to our tribe. If you really want a tribe that's willing to buy for you and be a representative of your product or your service, who are going to talk about you in a positive way, who are going to be advocates for your business, you need to connect with them over the messy parts. It's the messy that connects us. And because we, we feel like behind the screen, oh, I'm not alone. Like this girl's life is a hot mess too. I get this, right? Um, And we don't have to stay here, right? I don't have to stay in hot mess land if I don't want to. Um, And so I kind of talk a lot about that. Like this is is a part of my life where I'm struggling and I'm working to fix it. Here's how. Um, You have to tell the whole story. So for me, being authentic is really about bringing the authenticity of your day to your work, the authenticity of, of what you really believe to your work. And I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about like what you believe about the world, about your life. Those things need to be honest. And here's the thing you can't do is worry about the people who say, Oh, that's not for me. You've got yeah. a rebrand. There's a rebrand of your, of your business. And there are going to be people that say, Oh, that sucks. I hate that she did that. I hate this change because people change, hate change anyway. But the mm-hmm. reality is 90% don't actually care. You know, you've got like your yeah. 5% that care, 90% don't care. And you got another 5% who, who will hate it. Those people are meant to go. You are yeah. meant to replace those people in your business, um, in your tribe with people that want to be there. Don't worry yeah. about keeping the 5% that want to go worry about catering to the 5% that, that love you and want to stay. That's really good advice. I think that's, that's true. Cause it, it can be scary. You know, and, and I totally agree that the, like being authentically yourself is, is what really endears people to Mm -hmm. you. I mean, how my whole thing got started before I even ever did the podcast four years ago, I was on Periscope Mm -hmm. and I got on every morning and did a morning show and my kids would wake up in the middle of it and they'd come into the room screaming or I'd have a nursing baby on my lap or like it was the realness that I think other moms just, it's that breath of fresh air of like, Oh, because we can get, I think, especially if you're in that mom space where you're, you've got a lot of little kids and you're in your house all the time. And like you lose sight of the rest of the world and you start thinking you're doing it worse than everybody else. And when you see somebody else who's like, okay, yeah, no, this is real life. Like, and I, I, my whole thing is cultivating the lovely. Like I want to get up and put on real clothes and my makeup and do my hair and, you know, like be a person who tries to pursue better things, but it's not always perfect. Totally. You know, like that, that I think has come through and it, it does connect to people. And I love how you talk about stories, that stories are such a big component. Mm-hmm. Would you talk about how 
how you worked story into your business through yeah. social media or, you know, what, whatever ways that you are able to convey stories, how has that looked for your business? Yeah. So, okay. My businesses were built hundred percent online. So, um, I know a lot of people think of MLM stuff and they're like, Oh, you had parties in your house. No, I did not. I never did that because I'm not interested in doing that. I don't yeah. actually want other people I don't know in my space. I love my house. I like it for just me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I never did any of that stuff. And I don't, I don't have a brick and mortar business. Everything that I do is built online. Um, and so for me, stories are a key component to success, learning how to tell stories properly and how to um, get people engaged is a key component to your success if you're going to do business online. So with social media, that looks like instead of just giving information about something or facts and figures or, um, you know, telling a story that's just like all about me and has no relation to the people that I'm talking to is a good way to get them to scroll right past your stuff. So mm -hmm. I teach in, in boss up, Hey, hey there's five components to a story. And if you follow these components where you tell the, the background, you tell the rising action, you tell the climax, and then you actually tell the resolution of the story, you can get people to feel what you feel. The great thing about stories is that when I tell a story, the parts of my brain that light up as I'm telling it are the parts of your brain that light up as you're hearing it. Mm -hmm. So we have a shared experience if I tell you a story properly. And if I tell you just the beginning, I'm the girl that has all the problems and needs all the attention, right? We have them all on social media. It's the girls that constantly have an excuse. There's constantly a problem and there's never any resolution. They're just complainers. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to follow them into business. Yeah. If I tell only the end of the story, these are the people that have perfect lives. They take pictures of their kids perfectly sleeping in their beds with their hair perfectly done. And I, I don't know in what world that happens, but it ain't my world. Yeah. <laughs> kids look like they're ready for fight club when they wake up in the morning. So like, that's not reality. And we all know it. We know that your kids are not sleeping in the middle of the day with beautiful flowers in their hair. Like that's just not real. Yeah. So the pictures may be beautiful and that's what people are coming for, but the story there is missing and there's nothing there to get people inspired. I'm not inspired by a picture of a perfect mother. I'm inspired by the mother who's in a real mess takes a picture of that and then shows me what her day looks like, shows mm -hmm. me how she still shows up the next day happy. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we need the whole thing. We need that. We need the issues. We also need the resolution. So I can't just get on and complain about how scared I am about this book coming out. I have to show that, that I'm still doing it anyway. It is making me sad. I am scared about it. I'm nervous about how this is going to go off, but I'm doing it anyway. The resolution is whatever happens with this book. And then I, I invite people into the end of the story, the end of this book story or the end of whatever story it is I'm telling. I want them to be, feel a part of it. So I tell a story in a way that, that gives all the information and not just part of it, because I think that's what people are inspired by. They have the same problems as you and they want to see how did you make it through that onto the other side. And here I'm, I'm happy to show people how, right? This yeah. is exactly what it looked like. And I do that through storytelling. So there's not really many posts that will go by from me. If you follow me at all on social media, you'll see um, on Instagram at Lindsay T, uh, sorry, Lindsay Teague, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-T-E-A-G-U-E. And you can kind of see how I tell stories. I try to connect the beginning and the end of my story every single time I tell one. And I try to make sure that what people are doing when they see my photos is go, Oh, I know that's Lindsay's. I know this mm -hmm. is going to be of value. So I'm going to read it. 
And if you build that value into your business, they'll stop every single time they see a photo of yours. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such good advice. I love how you break down like people who just tell the beginning or the end of the story because we see that happen all the time. Yep. And it's about having that balance. Yep. Yeah. I I remember even... (laughs) This is going to sound like a total name drop. When I had Candace Cameron on mm-hmm. the show, she talked about how if she talks about like bad things, people are like, oh, poor you. You yeah, know, like yes. Candace Cameron's having a rough time. Like, tell yeah. me about it from your beautiful home and whatever, right. you know. But yep. she said, but also because she was willing to be real about things. And I think that's really like telling the whole story. Yep. Then people are more willing to rally behind you. Totally. Versus if you just complain about it or you just say everything's all great all the time because nobody can live up to that. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I want to destroy is the idea that we have to live up to anyone, first of all, but that, that the internet tells us who we should be living up to or that that story is even real because the internet is so full of crap that uh, I want to, I encourage people so much to just please just tell your whole story because the internet needs it. The culture of the internet needs it. The culture of our business is begging you to tell the full story and the real story. Yeah. You ladies know that I feel pretty passionately about presenting my best self to the world, and that includes in my business. And one of the ways that I can do that is by having great professional business cards that allow me to, in the moment, be able to hand over my information about my podcast or my voiceover work and let people know that I'm a real deal because I have a professional impression. And I know a lot of you ladies have your own businesses too, and it's so important for us to be able to make a good impression right in the moment by having these professional products. Your next big opportunity could come at any moment. And all it takes to feel like you're ready to own that moment is $10. That's a low price to have the confidence that you're always ready to make an impression and get seen in a new way. A custom card with colors, fonts, designs, and images you choose means you can look and feel like a big deal, whether you're a startup or a business with a century of history. And it doesn't have to be hard. With Vistaprint, you can create a truly professional, unique card in minutes. Upload your own design or start with one of their professionally designed options. Vistaprint offers simple tools and a wide range of templates to choose from. Pick the paper, stock, style, and quantity that's right for you. Choose your delivery speed, order, and receive your cards in as few as three days. Vistaprint uses only carefully selected inks and responsibly sourced paper stocks. Dozens of designs that are just right for your business. You can add your logo and contact information with just a few clicks, and you can use it on all your marketing going forward. Your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed, or they'll make it right, either by reprinting your order or offering a refund. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why my listeners will get 500 high-quality custom business cards starting at $9.99. Just go to vistaprint.com slash lovely. Vistaprint.com slash lovely. That's vistaprint.com slash lovely. I mean, you have so many other things packed into this book. It's just brimming with information. I think the last thing I just want to hit on, you talk about a lot of ways to be setting your business apart and whatnot, and you talk about customer service. And Mm -hmm. can we just just rant for a second? (laughs) Yes, let's do it. About what customer service has become. Oh my gosh. My very best friend in the whole wide world has got 
Like this is her issue. She teaches me everything I know about customer service. She's awesome. She owns a shipping business and a paper product pr production company. And uh, so she's like always harping on bad customer service, but she's also always harping on good customer service. Yeah. Um, and God, some of the customer service now, the standard is just so crazy low. Yes. So crazy low. Like my biggest example is Nordstrom. I used to work at Nordstrom. And yes. Call. Yes. Okay. That's what I always tell people too. Right? Yeah. What the heck? I used to love Nordstrom because their policy was like, yep, we'll take it back. Like, it doesn't matter if you've worn it a hundred times. It doesn't matter if you've got it in another store even. Yeah. They're going to take it back because they're going to trust that people are basically good. Right. Yeah. And they will do everything, bend over backwards to make sure that you're happy. And that customer service was amazing at the time. And now- it's not like that anymore because so many people have taken advantage. It's not that I don't understand. Yeah. People take advantage of the system. 100% they did. And Nordstrom probably lost a lot of money, looked at the bottom line and said, this customer service thing is costing us a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and that bottom line needs to go up, right? Because we have investors that care. Yeah. So I, I get it from the corporate perspective of saving dollars, but I don't get it from the perspective of creating loyal followers. Like the reason I yeah. fell in love with Nordstrom was because- they set themselves apart with this policy of customer service. Yeah. And I, I don't see the same thing happening anymore. Sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was that the prices match the elite service. Yep. Yep. And yep. so when you miss one, yep. then it's like, well, you just have high prices. Yep. Absolutely. Right. That's exactly yeah. what it is. So now you're just a snotty store with high prices. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. You know? No thanks. Yep. I'll go to a small business. Yeah. Because that's I was what I want. I was just watching The Office right now, or last <laughs> night, and they're saying, well, like, why wouldn't, Michael, why wouldn't people go to, you know, Office Max or Staples? And he was like, the customer service, you know, mm -hmm. we have better customer service. They're like, well, what yep. if they don't care about the customer service? And he's like, then we don't want them anyway. Right, exactly. Yep. Like, well, yeah, pretty much. Wisdom and, from Michael Scott. Yes, right? <laughs> you never knew how much you could learn from Michael Scott. Yeah, but it's important. And that's yeah. what sets a small business apart. So as a small business owner, your customer service matters. Now, that does not mean that you have to choose what Nordstrom did or you have to get yeah. walked over by your customers. Yeah. But it does mean working to figure out why they weren't happy if they weren't and yeah. then fixing that. If you want your business long-term, customer service is going to have to be a part of it. There's just too much competition. Yeah. Like especially for um, mompreneurs, as I call them, like they're either like selling a product MLM, they're making wood signs or they're like hand lettering things, right? Everybody's yeah. doing one of these, <laughs> one of these things, fill in the blank with whatever industry. And because there's so, so much competition and the products are so similar, the only way to differentiate yourself is going to be outstanding customer service and you just shouting it all over the place. Here's why I'm different. Here's why you're going to pay more. Yeah. And I think a part of it is, especially if you have anyone working for you, is teaching them about customer service. I think yep. that's like the glaring thing I see, especially in brick and mortar businesses mm -hmm. that I walk mm -hmm. into. It's typically the young ones, not yep. always, yep. but typically the young ones who, you know, don't want to look bad. And so they'll yep. throw somebody else under the bus right in front of customers. Yep. Like, and yep. I've gone toe to toe with people in restaurants. <laughs> like, excuse me, may I speak with your manager? <laughs> because, yeah. But then I also, on the other hand, I try to really compliment the people who are doing it right. Yep. Because it's so hard to find. And I want them to know like, this is noticed. Please yes. keep doing what you're doing. Totally. 
Totally. Yeah. Yep. You got to give the encouragement too. And I think you're right. I think the, I've noticed this with the people that I hire that are younger um, in my groups is that they, um, they just wasn't something that that was taught. Like, I don't know about yeah. you, but like I, when I was younger, my mom used to be like, okay, you're dressing up to get on an airplane or we're going to this place. We're going to behave this way. Or yeah. when somebody talks to you, you look at them in the eye and you talk back this way and you need to use your voice in this way. And my mom taught me that growing up. But if I wasn't taught that, then I wouldn't know that when a customer comes into my store, I need to look at them in the eye. I need to smile. I need to say, welcome. Can I help you? Like those yeah. things are not normal anymore. They're not a part of what we're teaching in school. And I don't think they're a part of what we're teaching at home um, because we're so busy with other things. We're running our kids to sports. All of these other things are kind of falling by the wayside and they matter. So those things are important to teach the people that come after you because it's not guaranteed that they will know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I just, yeah, you pointing that out because I think when I was young, my mom taught me much more about building a reputation yep. for myself. Yep. And, you know, I, I was, I grew up in the theater and the local film industry. I was constantly having to present myself to people. I learned how to shake a hand. I learned yep. how to interact with adults and mm-hmm. come off, you know, as my best self and mm-hmm. pull myself together. You know, my mom would look at the other girls who were showing up in their sweatpants to, to stuff. Yep. And yep. especially when they were older than me and she would say, never be that. (laughs) Like, Just don't go there because you lose respect from people. And those were really good lessons for me to learn that I agree. I just don't think it's being taught for the most part in the same way as it was to more of our generation. Yep. I agree. And you have to, you have to present yourself as who you really are. Like there's still still a part of this that's like, Hey, be authentically who you are. But authentically who you are is not necessarily a snot to someone who's trying to buy your product, right? Like you still have to put your best foot forward. You still have to actually try. Um, and so be who you are. Yes. Wear what makes you comfortable. Yes. But Hey, that doesn't necessarily have to be sweatpants. (laughs) There's a line. (laughs) I don't want to see your whole entire belly while you're trying to sell, sell me swimsuits, girl. Like, no, put on some clothes, come back yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you don't have to be wearing stilettos in a power suit every day either. Like right. you Absolutely. can dress and things that fit you, but are still not complete loungewear. Totally. You know, like yep, there's, I agree. there's a difference, but there's a time for athleisure and there's a time for the sport coat. That's exactly, what I say. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we just skimmed the surface ladies. If you, yeah. if this resonated with you at all, you're going to want to go get this book because it really does walk you step by step. You know, I, I had to do like the cursory glance preparing for a podcast, but I'm so excited to go back and like really sink my teeth into yeah. it and really try to mine as much of it as I can for my businesses going forward. So I, I just so appreciate it. Well, I so appreciate moms like you putting out a resource like this. Thank you. Because I'm we, so excited. Yeah. We need those people who've gone before us. So I think this is going to be a really, a really big hit. I think it's going to be good. I think that um, the magic in this book is really good information, but also a really good high entertainment value. Yes. At the very yeah. least, you can laugh at me. Yes. <laughs> and you can walk away knowing you're a much better mom than me. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I, I just loved how relatable you were in it. And I think that the other women are going to find that really refreshing too, just like I we've been talking it. about. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I, I appreciate having you on. So what does a typical day look like for you? 
So for me, it looks a little bit different right now because I'm doing book stuff. So this is my first. I always catch people in the middle of book lunch. (laughs) They're like, it's insane. Yeah, it is a little crazy, but this is my first big trade book. I um, wrote another book before that was kind of short and small and and for a purpose. And that sold really, really well. But this is my first major trade publication. So I'm doing a lot of this kind of stuff, interviews. Um, but it's also summer. So of course yeah. it's summer. So of course my kids, like my kids are homeschooled too. Not by me. Just, I'm just going to put that out there. Not by me, but they're home and they're off school and they want to do vacations and stuff. And this is just not a great time for me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to balance both right now, which as m- many of you guys probably know is extremely difficult. They just won't shut up. <laughs> they just talk and talk and talk. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to manage both. I'm doing random interviews like this. Uh, and then I'm trying to like run them to the pool or, um, you know, they all got braces on this week, run them to get, you know, a, an appointment for that or whatever, whatever is on fire when you yeah. have nine businesses, something's always on fire. So I'm really just <laughs> yeah. dealing with the fires this summer. And my day is filled with trying to balance motherhood and work at the same time right now with my kids home. But during the year when they're actually in school, I usually get into my office by nine. I sit at my computer. Sometimes I'll forget to eat if I don't have an assistant or my husband to tell me to, because once I get here, it's hard to get off. And I work until typically five o'clock and I kind of get up, spend some time with my, with my kids for a few hours. We play a game, eat something like that. And then, um, my husband and I do quiet time every night together. Uh, after the kids go to bed at eight, we get in bed and like watch trash TV or like just laugh and talk with each other, listen to music, that kind of stuff. But we don't take our computers to bed any longer. So um, that's kind of our time. And that's really what my day looks like. All right. That sounds good. Okay. How are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life? It can just be some small way. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me right now, I'm walking through, I, I got a new therapist a few weeks ago. Well, about a m- couple months ago, actually now, and I'm working through a lot of self-care and for me, self-care is not just about like, Hey, I'm going to take a bath tonight because it's going to feel great. Um, self-care is more unpacking your baggage mm-hmm. and figuring it out so yeah. that you can be a better human being. Um, and that is where I'm cultivating the most lovely in my life right now. It looks like a hot mess, but when I come out on the other side, it's going to be hot. Yeah. No, I just, I just got a new counselor too. So it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I had gone to one for quite a while and then she was kind of like, well, I think you're coping well. Like you seem to be fine. I was like, okay. Okay. I'll find somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Like you got to work your stuff out and all of us have stuff. Like it doesn't matter if your parents are perfect or terrible. You've got stuff. And because we are, we are, you know, a victim of our own perceptions sometimes. So um, for me, I want to see reality as it is. And I want to unpack all this baggage so that it's not affecting my decisions and the way that I live my life. So that when I, and when it's time for me, I look back and go, Hey man, I lived that life and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions? <laughs> yeah. All right. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Oh my gosh. <laughs> essential oil diffuser every day. Um, cloth napkins or paper? Oh, uh, I am a, uh, tear a piece of like whatever is closest off and use that. Okay. So, uh, I'm all about the paper napkins. <laughs> all right. City or country? Uh, country. All right. Paper or digital? Uh, digital. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? Oh, online. Every all day. Right. It's whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music. And what kind of music would you listen to? I would listen to singer-songwriter type music, you know, okay. with the John Mayer vibe. Okay. 
chocolate, milk, or dark? Milk. All right. Sports or sugar? (laughs) (laughs) Sports or no sports? Sports. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your favorite movie? Oh, uh, probably Father of the Bride. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love Steve Martin so much. Yes. And Father of the Bride part two. Yes, they're both gold. So many quotable lines (laughs) in both of those movies. I always, when we're making like hot dogs and stuff, I always tell my kids, there are superfluous buns. Superfluous (laughs) buns. Yes. (laughs) Okay. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair. Uh Where are you on the spectrum? I'm a 5.5. All right. (laughs) Just enough to edge. Just enough. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Lindsay. I wish you all the best with this book. I think it's going to do great. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep. Bye. Bye. Such a fun, colorful character. I hope that you really enjoyed this episode. If you would like to find her book or the show notes from this episode, you can just go to boldturquoise.com slash 127 and you will be able to find links to everything there. And if you're listening to this episode before Thursday and you want a little bit extra insight into how this episode was put together, then make sure you join us in Patreon at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely to be able to get into our Facebook group where I will be hosting a live on Thursday to talk about all that behind the scenes stuff. Also, while you're online, why don't you hop over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review? It only takes a couple of minutes. Five stars would be preferable. A little sentence about something you like about the show. And we are getting so close to that 500 review mark. If we could make it by the end of the summer. Oh, I would personally kiss you all on the forehead. I don't know. I'm just so grateful, you guys. I so appreciate everything that you do to support this show. It means the world to me and it helps keep this baby afloat. All right. So thank you for those ratings and reviews. Thank you to those of you who've done it and to those of you who are about to. And until next week, when we are back with one of my in real life friends, Jen Trainer, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.